Brooklyn. 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 I'm, I'm Face Boy. I'm Face Girl. I'm Juno Tempest. With us in the studio? I'm Greg. Hey. Just Greg. Just Greg. I'm just, just Greg. 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 Just Greg. I'm just Greg. Old Greg. Here's a fun game you can play. Oh, I love this game. You're watching a television show or a movie with a friend of yours. Play what actor or character on the screen right now has a vibrating egg in their ass. We were so good at it. Yeah. Is it usually Tom Hanks? (laughs) It's always Tom Hanks. Yeah. When does Tom Hanks not have a vibrating egg in his ass? I don't know. Probably when he was with Wilson. Mm. Wilson! I'm sorry, Wilson! Because, you know, Wilson was that person with the vibrating egg in his ass in that scene. I love that you need to sit there. What? You're like, I don't feel comfortable not sitting here. That's your nook. Oh, no, I'm fine where I am. You're so far from me. According to the YouTubes I was watching today, you don't like me. What? <laughs> You're sitting so far away. I just sat in a seat. There's a door there, so I didn't sit in the door. He's lying. What What YouTube videos were you watching? So many. I watched them obsessively. That's her life. It's not. It is. It's a life. Do you watch, do you watch like the, the Papaholic videos? I hate to admit it, but I love Dr. Sandra Lee. Oh my God, she's my favorite. I she's haven't a seen hero. any of them. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I will, I've, like, I've heard tell about Dr. Will, Pimple Popper. Oh, so I will literally eat while I'm watching these videos now. Mm. Like, that's how Alfredo. Many oh. <laughs> mozzarella sticks. <laughs> I'll squeeze them, bitches. Uh, I have eaten Tasty. mozzarella sticks, but I don't squeeze them because that's sacrilegious. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, keep them intact. And mm-hmm. then I pop on my own cysts. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> Gross. I'm enjoying myself. Some one of my friends, like it. One of my friends on Facebook today was like, "What is the?" Are you still thing? friends? No, I'm kidding. Go on. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> kidding, go on. She she says that because I'm on like this. I'm on this like tirade where I'm just like pissing off certain people. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> and like they say some bullshit, and then I'm just like. Um, let me antagonize you until you unfollow me. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's it, cute. It's a method. But There's, I have 900 friends. I got to whittle my list down some way, somehow. I have some know. troll that you were like, oh, God, you talked about he should fuck you in the bussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like couldn't decide if I wanted to love it or wow it. So I wowed it, but I yes. loved it. <laughs> wow. It was both. It was a He's lot. a troll. It was good. He is a troll, yeah. but like, uh, I know that now. So I'm like trolling the troll. Like at first I was just like, let me try this. Let me try and appeal, appeal to this human being on a human level. Oh, no, no, no. I trolled him. No, I know. Yeah. After you were like, no, it's not a human. Yeah. And so I just like insinuate that he wants to like have sex with this tranny. Mm. That tranny being me. And what? he is not into it. <laughs> Even better. It shuts him right the fuck now up. Now he knows what every woman he's ever approached feels like. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? That's funny. It's real. Tonight we are going to be discussing some serious issues about the phar- pharmaceutical industry. But pharmaceuticals. I'll, I'll let you guys get this out of your system first. Get all, get all your silly out. Oh, it's oh, impossible. Silly. It, it's never all the way out. Or yeah, it is point. always all the way out. I don't Dr. know. Dr. Sandra Lee could get it out. All ah. of it. She'd get all our silly out. And Wait. then she'd find the sack so that no more silly would come back. Yeah. She's a pro. Yeah. It's it's a lot. I don't know. 
So I, I shared my my grossest things that ever happened to my body. But there were some that were I was just like, what? Like this this one cis woman was like, yeah, one time my entire uterine lining came out in one in like one intact piece. Mm. OK, what is yeah. that from too much sex or not enough? I don't know. There were not details about her like coital habits, but it apparently came out all at once. I and just want to know if I should go back to fucking or continue not fucking. Do you I want have, this to happen or not I happen? I don't want my uterus to fall out. It's not going to prolapse. That usually happens with like birth use? or something. With use? Oh, I don't know. Like actually using it? I don't know. I don't know your sexual habits. We're not friends I like that. I have no sexual habits. Although, no, I'm not going to say this out loud. What about, okay, <laughs> it's what, wrong. what about that one dude at that at that premiere? 9-11. Yeah. What about 9-11? What about that one? <laughs> what about that? What happened then? What, what do you mean? Uh-huh. Because it's literally months ago. Yeah, I mean, what happened? Did your <laughs> uterus get some use? I don't know that my uterus got well, used. Well, your vaginal I wish. canal. You um, wish your uterus got used? I don't know. I feel like you want a baby. No, no. I just meant like she's she poking the uterus. Yeah, she she well, just wants the cervix. abortion. She doesn't no. want the baby. <laughs> no, I can't. I have oh an my IUD. God, yeah, that's what the troll was talking about yeah. too. Abortions. Yeah. Oh, what he said was so fucked. He was talking about slut walks and things. Like he yeah. deserved everything he got. <laughs> that's why I made the bussy comment. Oh, like, oh my it. god, yes, daddy, yes. talk to me like that. Oh, <laughs> fuck my bussy. I won't yes. even need the abortion. Wow, uh-huh. wow you really troll back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not hard. Uh, yeah, it's not difficult to so troll good. someone. So good. Like you just got to make them the most uncomfortable. That's <laughs> all trolling is. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes trolling is asking them the same questions they just ask to you. Yeah, to get them angry. Yeah, I know because Mike Peskov does that. Mm-hmm. I learned that. That, that from is my annoying. Troll. That is annoying. What is? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. See, so good. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're on the defensive, you're the one that looks bad. So it's like a troll technique. Yeah. Yeah. Troll roll. Troll roll. Troll la 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 la. La 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 la. Exactly. Tis the season. Tis always the season to troll. <laughs> I've been thinking about my Farts. own. <laughs> Mortality. Oh, oh no, this is oh. real. Uh, yeah, well, it happens sometimes. And, I, and I'm thinking about what am I going to be re- remembered for? Butt stuff. I know. <laughs> See, yeah, it is. But I want. That's your legacy. Yeah, but. Like ass. E. Yeah, okay. But it would be nice if I was remembered also for being a loving, kind person and also a person that gets information out to people that is helpful in some way. All right. Okay? I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're picking up what I'm putting down. I'm into it. So uh, I was thinking about this interview that I had done with a pharmacist where he, where he um, broke a non-disclosure agreement to tell me things that I really wanted to know. And it was supposed to be for an article that I was writing for Chelsea Now, but the my editor lost his job, and I'm like sitting on this for months, and it's like let's get this information out there. So you're it's right. so let so I'm going to get started on this interview, and you can stop me at any time, and I'm not going to say the name of the person because that was one of the things that was bothering me about it. I'm like, well, there are so few people who are now 
you know, privately owned pharmacists and uh, I don't want him to lose his job. So we're going to call he him. He or she. We're going to call he them. or she, them, uh, Philip. Okay. A good gender neutral name. Philip, my ass. <laughs> I'm here with Phil, my ass. See, I'm trying to, I can't, I can't. You be can't totally do it. Serious. You can't. I can't what be totally serious. Is your leg assy. <sighs> that's the name of this episode. That's this is what I I promoted on my sex Twitter. This episode, uh, yeah, I, I promoted this episode. Like we're gonna, I said, Faceboy has a an exclusive scoop on the corruption in the pharmaceutical industry. I do. Scoop is well, also a euphemism for sex. Go we'll, on. We'll probably talk about tits and ass per usual. Yeah. So this is rec- I recorded it and I wrote it down word for word. So it's not it hasn't been edited. So there's a little bit of going off. You know, it's the way people talk. That's good. You had Sorry. months and you didn't proofread. I'm, <laughs> I'm proofread it. It's just this is for radio, not for print. So it's going out a different way. I, uh-huh. I don't have to get down to 500 words. I can say everything that he said. All right. And I'm going to ask a few questions about the pharmacy business. Please explain PBMs to me. Answer. <laughs> uh, what? Nothing. She's, Nothing. She's laughing at BM. You were laughing. You were laughing at BM, weren't you? No, I just was like, I got an idea for what PBMs are. Go ahead, get it out. I didn't. I didn't. It's poopy dick, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dipstick. Oh, penis bowel movement. A PBM is not a penis bowel movement. It is a pharmacy benefit manager. And this is him talking. I'm going to give you a little bit of a history behind it. So the PBMs years ago, going back to the 70s, when you would go to a pharmacy to fill a prescription, the price would vary. They came about to standardize the pricing. They went up to the insurance companies and unions and said to them, let us be the broker, more or less. That's how it started, because there was a lot of disparity going back to the 70s, even when drug prices were not that high yet. So in the beginning, it was a good idea. You needed to get a standardized pricing. You could go to one store and it would be priced at $24. Then you go to another store and it'd be priced at $12. And that being said, fine. That's what they were initially uh, out for. Uh, But as time went on, they began to grow more and more and more. And they started to expand into the mail order industry as well. Now they started to buy things at different rates when when they're dealing with mail orders because they were buying barrels. So they were justifying the ability to buy something at, let's say, five dollars for something that may cost us as high as a hundred dollars because of this massive buying. Uh, And they said that those bills would only be distributed to mail order companies. So that went through fine. That's the way they, that, that went on. No problem. That went on. That's what a PBM is doing, uh, is they charge your insurance company. So the item that they were obtaining for $5 and that we were obtaining for $100, they were charging the unions and the insurance companies only right below the cost of our cost. So this, was, so this way, if we spent $100 on something, they would say, okay, we'll do it for 90 So you're following me? They would get something for $5. This is me speaking now, not him. They would get something for $5. They being the big corporation? The PBMs, the pharmacy benefit managers. They'd get it for $5. And let's say you're the pharmacist. You're paying $100. They'll say, hey, we'll give it to you for 90 So they're still making all of this profit because they're buying barrels of this stuff. And they're not passing any of their savings on to anyone. Pigs. Yes. Well, $10 savings. So they weren't passing the true savings that uh, they were getting. 
What they argued was that it's non-transparent, that you can't see exactly what they're doing. They're straight up saying we're non-transparent. That's me saying that again. So what happened was that this continued and these PBMs started growing. And then such a thing came about as a formulary. So this formulary came about by putting one manufacturer against another manufacturer. Often you may have two drugs, two med- medicines like Phylosec and Nexium, which essentially are the same type of medicine made by two different companies. It's not a generic, but they're almost identical except for a molecule or, or two. So one company, A, makes this drug for another company, B, and another company, B, makes that one. So when you hear formulary tier one, tier two, tier three, I'm sure those are familiar. They, they usually have to do with the level of copay that you have to pay when you go to the pharmacy. By charging someone a lower copay, that medicine is going to be prescribed more. So what they did is they went up to these two companies and they said, okay, if you don't give us a rebate every time we allow this medicine to be approved, that means the initial fill and the refill, because sometimes you have one fill with five refills. So now these rebates are also non-disclosed, and it can be anywhere from five to $500. We don't know. It depends on the price of the medicine. The point here is that the drug company says, okay, fine, we'll pay the rebate. But what does that do? The drug company is going to now raise the price of their medicine because of the drug, the, I'm sorry, the drug company is going to raise the price of the medicine. If you tell them you have to pay each time somebody gets a prescription and it's covered and it will be tier one, so that person can just come in and get it for zero or five dollars. So, so they want that to be part of the movement. So they'll say, fine, okay, we'll do that. But they're not going to absorb the rebate into their cost. They're going to raise the price of the drug. And what the PBM does is they pay the pharmacy or sometimes they pay themselves when it's a mail order. They pay the price of the medicine that's negotiated in the contract. So what's the answer to them? They will just raise me. They'll just raise the charge. The insurance company uh, pays the money for your medicine. The insurance company will just raise your premiums. So fine, this is what's going on. And now what happened when Bush decided to have Medicare Part D, when Medicaid went to become more involved with Medicare Part D, now you're taking taxpayer money to pay for these medications. So what happens here is that they continued with the non-transparency, but you've also now gave them an entirely new realm of customers or patients that they never had before. You can see from the data very clearly from when Bush started with Medicare Part B, which means that PBMs such as Caremark and Express Scripts were handling state and federal drug dispensing. So now these rebates were more significant. They were not passing on the savings to the customers, to the insurance company, to the taxpayer, to the union. And you see a direct climb in drug prices. I'm going to stop there and uh, we'll continue with this in a little bit. Because uh, I don't want to be just reading the whole time. But any thoughts so far? It kind of reminds me of what the health insurance companies did to hospitals. Because uh, what they did to hospitals was that the health insurance company, hospitals used to, to t- like have a variable pricing system. They would pay, they would charge one person one thing, another person another thing. It was based on means and what was, what was available at the time. And the insurance companies wanted for liability to make it so that there was a flat rate. So they'd make the hospitals make these books that they charge for different uh, procedures, no matter how much. And then 
So then the hospital made these books and they had to set rates. And because of these, these rates were set relatively high, still not a that big a deal. Um, but then the insurance company demanded a discount on the rate. So now when the hospital makes the book, they've increased the cost significantly so that they can still get the money so that from the insurance company, they can still get the money that they need to run. Mm-hmm. And so now without insurance, no one can afford the hospital anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this seems okay. So m- m- give people insurance. The problem is that this is like uh, this is like a snowball going down a mountain. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and and the cost of in of healthcare keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And the people who are profiting are the insurance company, and uh, really the hospital would would probably like would I mean the hospital makes a lot of money too. The hospital would probably like to just help people. I mean, most hospitals, that's like their whole thing. But they can't because of the insurance company. Reminds me of Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah, it's just like Bed Bath & Beyond. It's just like Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Oh they give you God. they give you 20% off. They give it to everybody, so they have to raise the price. 20%. That's, yeah. This is why capitalism is evil, everyone. Yeah, we were, we were, describe, we were reading a thing that's describing capitalism. Yeah. Pretty much definitively. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, entirely. But that's the problem because it's also supposed you're supposed to help people, mm-hmm. and uh, and it would be easier to help people if people in charge weren't such shitty fucking people. Well, this is what happens when you have MBAs as CEOs or like on the board of directors. Like, well, this isn't making us enough money. Well, this is a hospital. It's, it's not, meant yeah. to help people. Yeah. This is a pharmacy. It's meant to give people medicine to keep them healthy. This is a pharmaceutical company. Their job is to keep people alive with medicine. And and all the all the scientists who've dedicated their lives to try to save people and maybe make some maybe make a salary at some point. Like they're they they make a drug. They make a small amount of, they make a bonus maybe off of it, but then the drug that they thought was going to save a bunch of lives now costs like $2,000 for a person to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, this is, this is why, um, Martine Ropeblatt, who, uh, is a trans woman who, um, she is basically responsible for, uh, she's like a, like a satellite engineer or, or something like that, but mm-hmm. she's, she's responsible for the technology that, um, Sirius satellite radio radio uses and she has because of um, one of her children having this like really rare orphan disease an orphan disease meaning like it doesn't it doesn't like benefit a like a pharmaceutical company's um, research and development sure. uh, to like dump that money in there because there are so few people who have this disease yeah so butterfly like skin. butterfly skin it's a real thing butterfly never mind like anyway. when you're born with like butterfly thin skin. I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah, so something something along those lines where it's like just an incredibly rare disease that like an insurance it it doesn't behoove a pharmaceutical company to dump that money into R&D until a celebrity gets it because there's no money there. Exactly. So Martine Rotblatt like um came up with she developed this uh, this business model for like taking care of um, people with orphan diseases, and it's like wow. relatively effective. But it like gets back on this thing with pharmaceutical companies. It's like it's not profitable, so we're not going to do it. 
Also, if they weren't so full of shit, then it would be possible for affordable health care. It wouldn't be such a crazy idea. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It, and he has some solutions towards the end of this. Oh, okay, yes. So I'm going to continue. Uh, so this is him again. Remember, this is taxpayer money paying for it. So if you're getting a rebate back from a company, something should go down. Either my premiums should go down or the price of the medicine. So now we're going even further. When Obamacare came in, now it expanded it even more. So these dealings with PBMs have a problem because people don't know what a PBM is. 98, 90% of the population doesn't know what it is. What I'm telling you right now, the only reason I'm telling you right now all this is because we're really, we're fed up with the system the way it is. From my point of view, I have decreased my volume from close to 5 million a year to a little bit over a million a year. And that happened over the past two years. And it's because I couldn't handle dispensing the very expensive medications anymore. All of this is tied. How is this all tied into the PBMs? Well, they're the fault of the high rise in medicine. They're directly the fault of the high rise in medicine by asking for rebates. They're directly the fault mm-hmm. of the high rise in premiums by because of the way the system is set up. That if the price of the medicine goes up, well, the insurance company just pays for it. Our insurance is going up again, almost 9% for me. My point of view as a store owner, as a pharmacist, is that why are the PM, PBMs there? The there to begin with because you can have the insurance companies directly deal with the drug company this way rebates that the drug company has goes straight to the insurance company and there should be nothing called non-transparency because you're dealing with health care you're dealing with taxpayer money you're dealing with union dues or premiums that cost a lot a family plan is a hundred dollars a day so why should a pbm be such a secret why shouldn't this whole thing about rebates be disclosed and why should it why shouldn't the rebates, if they're going to exist, be put back into the system so that the prices go down? I mean, that would make perfect sense. We're dealing with health care. It's not like people have a choice. They don't. So if something goes up, they think that it's this because the insurance pays for it. They think it's free. Well, it's not. Your taxes are going up and your premiums are going up. And this thing about nobody really speaks about it. One of the main reasons is that a person like myself who owns an independent store, is not allowed to tell you what I just told you. I have a clause in my contract that says that I'm not allowed to explain what I'm telling you right now. So I asked him. Oh, no. He goes, is it a non-transparency I'm, I'm not clause? allowed to explain the structure of the PBM. So I asked him, why have you chosen to do it? Or her. And he, he or she said, because the initial question was about chains affecting our business this was this was before i had started recording i i wanted to i asked him how cvs affects his business uh or why it's such a hard time i feel like that question needs to be addressed by finding out the cause of what is happening so many independent pharmacies have gone out of business basically they're abiding by this gag clause they're essentially getting duct tape put around their mouth and being thrown in the ocean and nobody hears their story or anything about it because they're not allowed to tell people. We brought our volume down to a point where I don't feel I'm dependent on the PBMs anymore. What he's done, this is me talking, is he's expanded his business into more health and beauty products. He doesn't want to be dependent on them anymore. Uh, So, anyway. 
if they want to feel like they have to punish me for such a thing, I think it's absurd by punish him for talking about this. But we're here in the front row of Manhattan, the greatest show on earth. I feel it's something that if I don't do, obviously no one else is doing it. I'm a cancer survivor. We had fires. We've done so much to stay in business. And when people are going to say, well, why aren't you in business anymore? And for me, not to be able to tell people the real story is wrong. The other problem that we have is when drugs go up in price and the PBMs still pay you the old price, creams, for example. Yesterday in the news, there was a drug that went up from $400 to $2,500 overnight. When things like that happen, the PBM does not reimburse us for the new price. And we're not allowed to tell you, the customer, that this is what happened. Often in the past, you may come here for a cream, and I was losing money on it, and we weren't allowed to tell you that we're losing money on it, and we had to say it wasn't in stock, or we can't order it, because we can't afford to order it. But we couldn't say that either, because then the customer would say, you mean my insurance company isn't going to pay, pay, isn't paying you enough? And if that person calls the insurance company and complains, we would get in trouble because we told them that we weren't paying, that they weren't paying us enough. So when you ask why, I just don't see it happening with anyone else. And this is not the right way to do things. I have a solution. By getting rid of PBMs and having a bond on independent pharmacies or chain pharmacies so they can't run away with things in the middle of the night, if it's cash, let's say, that they would pay the wholesaler up front and do their cash sale. But if it's an insurance plan, now you can have the technology where you can come in with your ID card. I type in your information. It goes directly to a switch, verifies your insurance co- coverage, verifies the payment, sends it straight to the drug company. The drug company sends us the medicine, and that's it. You come in. And you have your phone, you can prove that you picked up your medicine. We can end fraud. I'm going to stop there. Oh my God. Yes. Uh-huh. I am like, I'm like seething, but also like proverbial, like, I'm basically like coming in my pants uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> over like the ways that technology can be implemented to combat this. Right, exactly. He spelled it out. Because this is just database manipulation, and that's exactly what I'm doing in my tech boot camp right now. Nice. (laughs) And, like, it's not that hard to audit a database. It's really not that hard. Um, And it makes me want to, like, fucking punch some politicians in the face you don't yep. fucking punch do you feel like we're getting somewhere like we're getting some good information out oh, there yeah. okay good because i because i'm like yeah i'm a transsexual i rely heavily on a medication for the rest of my life mm-hmm. um every it, day right yeah. or is it weekly uh, no it's um so like i do estradiol valorate injections um self-administered uh every two weeks or so um I fuck around with it because, like, that's my prerogative. Um, I basically, like, take the injection and I actually, like, stretch it out because I don't know if there's going to be another major, um, like, shortage of estradiol valorate. 
Well, that last part that I read, you understood it better than I did. Yeah. Clearly. Can you explain it a little bit more clearly, what uh, Philip told me? So basically what they're saying is that there's this gigantic database with all of this, like, like all of these data saying, like pointing to prices for particular drugs, um, the discount price versus like the, the non-discount price. Um, and like based on the user ID, which is like, your your insurance member ID, mm-hmm. your group number, which describes your insurance plan. And so, like, that complicates it, but essentially it's basically saying, like, you have access or not. True oh. or false. It's a Got it. simple Boolean. Got it. Um, and it's basically, like, this is the basics of authentication. So, I, and I, there's more to this interview to read, but we're going to pause for a song from Catherine. And, um, and, uh, yeah, and then we'll get back into it. I do love that we're doing a song that's not easy. And it just came up like I showed up, like, I don't have a song prepared. Oh, why don't you do this? Oh, one of the hardest songs. Yeah, you'll know. With it no preparation. First, uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to announce it. No, we're not. I hate this fucking. <laughs> I just did this. Internet. I know y'all were like bitching about this on the because it's always a problem. It is yeah. like I literally just fucking did this so that we would have a smooth transition. <sighs> there's, no, there's no sure. such thing as a smooth transition. Let me just tell you that right I, now, honey. I, I, <laughs> so, so, face, you were saying you were afraid of being boring, and I think that we need to stop being afraid of being boring. Because, Says the boring guy. Yeah, it's so boring. Um, because a lot of lot of things are that are problems with society, and that that are big like corruption things don't get news broadcasts and don't get people talking about them because they're boring. Mm-hmm. So people don't want to hear it because it's boring. So they're trying. So like so like all these like like entertainment news things that are not that that won't talk about it. But we need to talk about things that are boring so that people actually hear the things that are bad. Like. To the to to the credit of humanity, at least those on my Facebook page, when I mentioned that I was going to be doing this tonight, it got more attention than anything I've good. announced. Good, uh, good, yeah, because this has before. a really profound impact on a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people are very scared of being boring, and we shouldn't be. I'm not. Yeah, you're just boring all the time. I don't have a boring <laughs> bone in my body. <laughs> <laughs> it's still going yeah so much lead up what is this all right started is this the real life is this just fantasy join in a landslide <laughs> escape from reality open your eyes look to the skies and see just a poor boy i need no sympathy easy come easy go little high little low
just killed a man Put a gun against his head Pulled my trigger, now he's dead Mama, life had just begun But now I've gone and thrown it all away Mama, ooh Didn't mean to make you cry If I'm not back again this time tomorrow Carry on, carry on As if nothing really
I just want to point out that was a seven minute song. <laughs> yeah. It's a karaoke <laughs> host's worst nightmare. No, no, it's a karaoke host's pee break. Yep. Pee Smoke break. break or go to the bar and get a drink break. It's but, actually not the worst nightmare. It is and it isn't. But only once. Everyone wants to do that song in a gay bar. Everybody wants to do that song. Look, I know you already did it, but my friends really want to do Bohemian Rhapsody. Can I? Can, can you just make an exception? Absolutely not under no circumstances. For a fifty dollars tip. Absolutely, you are next. Uh, fifty dollars tip. Exactly. But I, but You're I, next. But I gave you five dollars. Yeah, and, and now I will let you sing. I will you let you sing. So kind. All right, I gotta. I gotta do my honor reads. Jeez, guys, come on. Everybody, shut up. My freaking professional. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. <laughs> All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. It's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. <sighs> yes. And if you yes. want to just give to this show, if you think it's important, if you want to just give to sponsor this show, go to rfb.nyc slash S. That's rfb.nyc slash A-S-S. I'm going to pick it up from that interview. <laughs> oh my we are killing it this show. Donate. Donate. back up a little bit. The last line I said was, we can end a fraud. And then from our point of view, we wouldn't have to lay out the, the, the money for these expensive cancer drugs or things like that that we used to do years ago. Years ago, I was able to do this. Here's another point about it. Years ago, if something cost me $5,000, then the insurance check would come to me and it would come sometimes six to eight weeks later or sometimes 12. Your contract says you have to pay your bills in two weeks. So because of the fact that it took so long and we were just not making much on this, we're talking about uh, a five dollar uh, drug that that six to twelve weeks later you may get back at that time five thousand dollars plus maybe anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars okay so the drug companies at that point the wholesalers which was Cardinal was the one I was using was not charging interest then they changed their way of doing business they started charging almost. 2% every two weeks. So if you do the math quickly, that means in six to eight weeks, the cost of a $5,000 medicine, uh, my penalty is $450. So I wasn't able to continue doing that. And when I was explaining this to people at that point, it was still wrong of me to explain the way I have to explain it the right way. I will go out of business if I continue doing that. I have to pull people aside and explain this to a lot of customers. And they were with me for so long and we were delivering to them and, and taking good care of them. And it was really, really, really hard for me to do. I had this one person who I helped for so many years and he got on Yelp and wrote, Phil used to 
used to care about people, and now he only cares about money. Things like this were happening because nobody's allowed to speak about or discuss about what a PBM is. So the automatic feel of what's going on is that, oh, this guy's... a pretty bad man. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. This guy's just fine. He's he's because uh, he's in business. That means he's okay. We're in business because we want to be in business. Uh, My wife, husband, partner, I'm not going to say which... (laughs) And I, we don't, even, we don't even own a car. We put everything back into the store to stay in business. A lot of people wouldn't do things like this. We really enjoy what we do, and I want to continue doing it. And that's why we've switched over the past couple of years and tried to work more with holistic medicine, work more with vitamins, uh, work more with beauty products, things that make people feel better. It's because I want to stay in business. I want to be part of the well-being of a community. And I'm looking for ways to do it. But in the meantime, while I'm doing this, this continues to go on. Our premiums keep going up uh, for for insurance. The, the prescriptions that I want to fill sometimes, I'm lucky if I break even on. This is very well thought out. This is not something that you can think of like, oh, this is conspiracy thing uh, that, that Phil is talking about right now. This is very well thought out. If I was uh, not uh, to drop the business back then and trying to figure out how to stay in business, just filling prescriptions, ultimately, there is no way. You cannot survive on cost. So what they're doing almost is encouraging people to build things inappropriately. Perhaps, uh, uh, I, I don't know what they're doing, but there's no way you can do it. The, the other thing that they're doing is making sure that you're so busy with make, making sure that you're at least breaking even on things that you have no time to really focus on your own business and say, wait, maybe there's another way for me to stay alive here. Because if I'm only answering phones all day and everything I encounter all day, all day, and I'm sure you've walked in here sometime in the past and seen me sometimes really high strung about things. Side note, I have. (laughs) I don't mind doing the right thing and helping people and doing that, but I don't want to go out of business. And I didn't explain these things to a lot of people. And a lot of people took it for granted that when there were, that when their doctor was away, we would just advance them pills, things like that. You know, we would do favors for people. And then when it came to the point where we needed to keep track of those favors because they were starting to cost us money, we were losing money. You don't mind doing something, but it's, oh, come on, you did it for me before. It's not, understand, people don't understand that you were losing money. They start to think that it's really about you and the money. It's not about staying. It's it's not. It's about staying in business. That's how severe the situation can be. We've gone through a lot. We've, we have. When I opened my store, I wanted to be able to take uh, everybody and do everything the best way I could. Things changed for us when the fire happened. And, and that's when reimbursement uh, rates started going down and they started charging interest. So going back to this interest thing with the wholesalers, it's also very interesting to see that Cardinal Health is partners with Caremark. Caremark is the PBM that we're talking about, and Caremark is owned by CVS. Straight out there. Their logo is CVS slash Caremark. Yeah, I know so I've now the it. wholesaler that was calls calls me on a Friday at 1 p.m. I was the only pharmacist that day. This was this was about two and a half years ago. He said, You have to pay us. We already had a revolving credit with them. 
They wanted $100,000 or $150,000 by 2 p.m. or they weren't shipping to us. It's a weekend coming. I have people waiting for medicine. And you're just going to not ship to me? And sure enough, that's what they did. They could care less about the individuals at all. Your mark cares less. Thank you. Because I couldn't leave the store. I was in business with them for 20 years. When we had our fire across the street, my wife went to the, my wife, or partner, husband. or husband, <laughs> went the very next day. She drove to a place. He or he. Yes. Because the original company was uh, something, and they were in some place. And this was before we got any insurance money back. My wife and I were. Or husband. Were, or we're saving money, You're hoping so one day, this. I know, mm-hmm. we could buy an apartment. <laughs> But she wrote a check for $250,000 to restock all the medicine. Remember when we were on uh, uh, the other street for a while, we restocked all the medicine right away. The next day. So they were dealing with them for 20 years. They see, what we, they see that we've done things like that, that we've always come through in the past. If I was running behind on a bill, I asked, well, let me take the $100,000 perhaps that's past due and I could pay $10,000 a month for you, uh, you know, just just other ways of fixing this. No, they didn't want to do any loan. Basically, they were treating me like a person who just who just had cancer and they were afraid that the fact that we were moving our store, I think they thought that we were going to go out of business and we would not pay the money. There's no question in my mind. Then then when I found out that they're partners with my competitor, well, what am I supposed to do? So we went to a corporate lawyer, and I spent a lot of the other savings. We have to, to try to bring this to light. At the end of the day, it's a contract, and that's the way it is. And nobody really understands the PBM thing. It's too complicated, too confusing. You also have a gag order, so you can't really tell anybody about it either. So this is what's happening. This is the reason why independents have gone out of business. A chain store opening across the street is not the reason. Because first of all, if we're buying competitively, they're still selling at a price that's competitive. So if I make a little less, that would be okay. We're also the ones that that want to be here. We're also the ones that want to be here. If it was fair pricing and fair competition, then we could work. And you wouldn't see independents going out of business. Uh, I'll show you in the past how chains have opened across the street from our other independents in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Long Island, Jersey. They did really well, really, really well. Uh, I'll help you summarize this. Uh, I, I knew this was going to be a lot, and that's the end of the interview. So I might go back to him and have it summarized. So that's it, folks. Giving you a lot of information. I hope it made sense. I'm glad that it got out there. And uh, I think the action that needs to be taken, what he has said, is that we need to get in touch with our representatives. We have to tell them that we want to have a relationship with our pharmacists. We don't want it to be that they them going out of business. Is that that we that we don't want these PBMs, these these pharmacy pharmacy benefit managers, involved in healthcare anymore because they have no place in it. It's just like the mafia. It's really like. Antitrust law has changed so much in America that like it feels like you can just make a trust and uh, which is like you control the manufacturing, the supply and the sale of a product. And the reason why that that was has been illegal for a very long time. Monopoly, uh, you mean? Or? No, this is not a monopoly. Trust. It's a trust. 
uh, is because they can they can it does the same thing as a monopoly where they can set prices and they can put people out of business. And this is so close to a trust that it's like obscene, like because uh, the per- person he's buying from is his competitor. Yeah. And so if and so they they and they and technically they're not allowed to charge themselves less than they charge him. But of course they're doing that because yeah, it's like because right. so uh, non-transparency. Yeah, so the fa- that's why Comcast shouldn't have been able to buy MZ- NBC because they're the distributor and they and now they're the content creator. So they can charge themselves less for programs than they charge other other competitors, which is a trust and should be and has been illegal since Taft. So like it shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't be legal now, and it kind of is. It's sad. It felt really good to get that out and. Uh, Face girl, I sent you a link. No. <laughs> we only have 10 minutes. We only have 10 minutes. Come on now. There are all kinds of health problems that you could... That, no. That, that could happen. Yeah. I hate this. Or... You like watching pimple pop videos. Just different. <laughs> okay, if those pimple fed fucking bot flies in it, then maybe... Actually, I do like watching bot flies. Gross. It is, it is like, oddly, like, grossly satisfying. Yeah. I could also like read a bit from this thing that I like I commented on and mentioned earlier. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to do this instead of Catherine? Your call. I mean, like, Catherine, do you want to be spared the pain? What is this thing about though? I'll read you the title. Okay. <laughs> Seven living things found inside the ear canal that will make you squirm. <laughs> Oh, my God. I kind of want to hear that. (laughs) Ears have been itching all day. They're most repulsive creatures from maggots to spiders. We've been found living inside the ear canals of people. Okay, let's do this. We got this. We got eight minutes, hon. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes there's just an itch you can't scratch. Don't I know it? Or buzzing or ringing in your ears you just can't get rid of. After several failed attempts to reduce the irritability with a Q-tip, you still find yourself with plenty of discomfort inside your ears and with the possibility of a foreign object lodged inside. Foreign objects in ears are a relatively common problem that can cause pain and hearing loss if not treated immediately. A person often feels the vast majority of items lodged in their ear canal, the small channel that ends at the eardrum, because it is a sensitive area. Sometimes a young child can admit to putting something like a bead or bean in their ear, or an adult witnesses the act. However, if the act is not seen, a child tends to present symptoms like a purulent discharge, pain, bleeding, or hearing loss, according to the University of Rochester. Okay, where, what are the items, though? Yeah. Should I mm-hmm. Yeah, skip? just go to the items. Mm-hmm. The fuck, and... Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Live inch long moth and a tick. What the fuck? What the fuck? I love it. They're friends. What the fuck does that even mean? They're friends. If this were a duck and a pig, you would be like, oh my God. They're so cute. They're in the ear canal. Aww. You're not wrong. (laughs) A man only known as Mickey. (laughs) Oh. From the U.S. has managed to have both a moth and a tick in his ear canal. The man's friends extricated both creatures out of his ear canal using a pair of tweezers with the moth proving more difficult to remove as it fluttered. Fuck, how did you know? Yes, because I know everything. Okay, next. What's the next one? And burrowed. 
Ooh. itself. Yeah, we'll go to the next one. Oh, God. I mean, we're on a time crunch. Right fucking fruit fly larva. Okay. 48-year-old unidentified Taiwanese woman learned that the earache she'd been suffering from was... Okay, well, next. Um, <laughs> yes. Do you know that, that, no! uh, that larva can eat through your ear canal into your brain? No. Oh, yes. No. Yeah. And they, like, do it real slowly, and it's painful. That's what Ugh, makes zombies. Like tantric? Like tantric brain eating? T- tantric brain eating. 57 maggots. Next. <laughs> Where? Where though? In the oh, ear. This is all ear. Oh, it's all, oh, it's the all ear. All, ear, all, stuff. all okay. the ear. All ear all the time. A three inch live cricket. <laughs> three inches. That's a That's big a lot of cricket. That's cricket. It's like a southern cricket. I don't think I've seen a cricket that big. I've seen grasshoppers that big. In the ear. An east long cockroach. An Australian man was experiencing excruciating pain in his ear, fearing spider had crawled in his ear canal, but the fears didn't lead him astray. It was actually an inch-long cockroach. Hendrik Helmer tried to remove the pest with a vacuum cleaner. What the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's Something in my ear, man. <laughs> like, what? Is that the first fucking thing you try? I mean, he's from Australia. He's probably drunk. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, forceps. Okay, oh. Next. Forceps is just medical for tweezers. Oh, no! This is gross! Yes, what is it? Did you fucking read this? No. Why are you shaking? Because I like the way my tits feel when they jiggle. I get it. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Oh, my God. Bed bug. Oh, God. An unidentified 23-year-old man reported. Nope, nope. I say skip this one. Bed bugs are a thing I can't deal with. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. He believed it was blocked and was convinced something was moving in his ear. The 2002 case report published in the Journal of Clinical Aesthetic Dermatology found a small black foreign body in Next. the man's ear with an otoscope. Next. Next. Ugh. They believed it grossly resembled an engorged tiny insect and proved to be. That's enough. Okay. Spider. What kind? Just uh, one of them. <laughs> that Only, ain't shit. Just that one. ain't shit. Just one, one fucking spider. Fuck you. It better be a spider full of fucking spiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those videos. Oh, God, I don't. Spiders full of spider videos? Yeah. No. I uh, find a thing. I, no, I know it is. And I find them c- completely like apathetic. Like, I don't, I'm just like, yeah, that's full of spiders. I'm just like, oh my God, yes. Yes. <laughs> more spiders. It's so gross. Oh, five days in that fucking ear canal of that woman miss lee from china oh god what you got got coming up promotion time god listen to dunson don't listen to david giggles every saturday at 3 p.m Uh, yeah fuck david giggles don't fucking david giggles but don't listen to them either yeah so that every saturday here on radio free brooklyn juno oh yeah it's me now um i have jean marie assignment brooklyn's only trans open mic um, every second Tuesday at Metropolitan Bar 559 Lorimer. Um, our next show is February 12th from 7 to 9 p.m. Brooklyn Queer Time. Come through. I got some big fucking plans for this show, uh, which I'm going to introduce at this next show. Find your Valentine two days before. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's that. I don't think about Valentine's Day. Neither do I. Mm. But people do. Consumerism. I made reservations at the Mermaid Oyster Bar oh, yeah. in November. Wow. For Valentine's Day. What? Oh, you're one of those now, Face Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe I love, in romance. I love Mermaid Oyster Bar. 
I got a girlfriend. I know that that's a really romantical place. And you're uh, so romantical. I'm, I'm so romantical sometimes. Sometimes I'm romantical. <laughs> You'll forever be known as the man who lost Queen. <laughs> I just wanted to do my impression of the guy who did play pretty Mercury. If you feel that six minutes is an excruciating long amount of time, I feel sorry for your wife. I actually just doing a British accent. You'll forever be known as the man who lost Queen. Rami Malik is like catnip to me. It's mm-hmm. really I want to suck that dick so bad. Yes, it, and it's really fun to do that voice. It's really fun. I, had, do I don't have voice. it quite. I don't quite have it down yet. Yeah, but I do have that one thing down. I think you're gonna do more known. teeth. Got to do a little bit more teeth acting. More teeth. More teeth. Acting. You got to talk with your teeth. He just—it's not <laughs> acting. It's just fucking prosthetic teeth. No, it's really good acting. It's an excellent film, and and he did a fantastic job. And you want to suck his cock, don't you, Juno? Not with that accent. <laughs> You did the impossible. You dried up this thirsty bitch. Wow. <laughs> like, no, I'm that's still how thirsty. bad that accent is. <laughs> I'm still thirsty. I'm just like cringing inside. I'm trying not to because I'm like, I need a hard on right now. <laughs> Thank you, face girl. Thank you, face boy. We're both Ringo Star. Now suddenly we're Ringo. <laughs> yeah, you're Ringo. Thank you, Gray. You're welcome. Thank you, Carbon. Thank you. Gino. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Face well, boy, face girl, Greg. But, but, but Gino. No. Up next on Radio Free Brooklyn, Get Rich Quick with Joshua Noel. No. No. What, from Oasis? Hey, hey no. We're, we're not going to fight again, are we? Bye. <laughs> no. Gino hates it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>